I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. Today, Hallie and I are here with all of you. Yes. I'm waiting for you. Like, here, you're like, here we are. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, so this morning I was um, actually drinking a smoothie, which was very... Good. What did you have in the smoothie? Oh, it's just funny because I know you had a smoothie story this morning, yes, too. Yes, it was not a, not as probably as hell, uh, good yeah. as yours. I don't know. I put, like, I this, the greens that Sarah recommended I have. I Athletic greens? It wasn't athletic greens, oh, yeah. it was a different one. Yeah. Um, Organic greens. Put, yes. That's what it is. Put some collagen in there, some frozen fruit, protein powder. It's very good. Water? or Water. You, yeah. I do water. Yep. Yeah. Um, but anyway. By the way, my smoothie story, oh. if you're curious on that, because I know <laughs> she brought it up, um, I was I put it in the cup of my car, and pulling out of my driveway, there's like three or four little bumps, and I typically always hold it during that section, because I usually grab it, and I, I drink it on my way in, and I started going, and I went through the first couple bumps, and I, and I kind of like, I just, I don't know why, I just was, I took it, my hand off it, and next thing I know, it dumped completely all over my front seat, Yeah, uh, which was wonderful. It, I don't know what was, actually, I didn't even get... I got any, there was there's zero energy. Actually, it's kind of funny. I was talking to Sarah. I'm like, oh, I just dumped my smoothie. She's like, where? I'm like, on oh, my front seat. She's like, all of it. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, huh? And I was like, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I just have to clean it up. But I think I was more that I just didn't have any food. <laughs> it's like <laughs> starving. So then I had to get to my office and I made peanut butter and toast, which is awesome. Yes. So it was like a treat for that. That's funny. Um, so anyway, when I was making that smoothie this morning, I was just thinking about you know workouts and stuff, and I was like, I wonder what Adam's been doing for workouts these days because for you know I know you were doing your Ironman training for a while and you kind of went off that and then you're doing your skidding and skiing but like what are you currently doing for workouts and like what's the time commitment that you have right now for that it's a great question um I since uh since moving to Stowe and then of course when the winter hit which was like mid-November I think November 16th was the first day I have uh skinned at least once every day, um, except for a day that I was, or days that I was on vacation. Um, so basically what skinning is, if people don't understand what that is, it's basically you, you start at the bottom of a mountain and you literally, you put your binding of a ski, what's called an Alpine touring binding, and you twist the back of it around and you put skins that glue that are that like basically glued with clips in the top and the bottom onto your skis and you're, your uh, your boot, since it's you you remove the back part of the binding around, acts as like a cross country ski basically, and then you can skin up. And it is by far. I have friends that have done that. Which are, basically means hiking up on your skis. Yes, exactly. Hiking up on your skis, and you get to the top, you take your skins off, turn your binding around, you can ski down. So it's the best part. And honestly, I think it's by far the hardest workout you'll do if you ever get into like some sort of race, which we'll get to that in a second. But like schema racing, by the way, is the, is making its first appearance in the Olympics in 2024. Is skinning the same game? Yes. Same Schemo as- is okay. racing skinning. Oh. And so schemo basically is you have a, a you have a different boot. Uh, it's like a really light boot and it's a lighter ski. It's, it's made to get down the mountain, but it's really made to be really light to get up it. But schemo is because everyone's doing it now is actually entering the Olympics. Uh, I think it's 2024, right? And check not this out. Everyone is not doing well, it. No, you know what I mean? It's, but it's making the Olympics. Yes. Yes. The, uh, the really cool thing about this is, is the guy who coaches, um, one of the coaches for the Olympic team lives in Stowe. Mm-hmm. And so there's a huge Stowe contingency because Stowe obviously has a, has a tremendous amount of skinning around. Yeah. So there's a big push to have some of the athletes 
that are making the Olympic team out of Stowe. Um, so there's a couple of my buddies that are actually, well, one of them is actually training for it purposely right now to try to try to get try it. to make the Olympic team? No, I'm not. Um, but it's, it's, it's wonderful that I just don't have the, I don't want to actually put the time in, in the capacity to, to do that. Um, but it's, it's great. Like I, I love, love skinny with these guys every single day. But anyways, this morning I, so that takes, I'm usually, if it's a powder day, I usually get up at 3 a.m. and I take two to three laps before seven o'clock. And then you wear like a big headlamp and you kind of come down the mountain and it's, you get the, the best thing about it is you get up the mountain. It's a great workout because what I was actually saying before it is I've done. I mean, I've competed heavily in Ironmans. Um, you know, obviously that includes I've done a lot of half marathons. I've done a lot of you know, half Ironmans. I've done a lot of, you know, um, bike you know, TT bike races in preparation for training mm-hmm. for all these things. So I've done a lot of the endurance sports. Um, I've ran five Ks, all that stuff. Racing skis is by far harder than anything you ever do. It's the highest heart rate you'll have because it's like basically trying to run uphill. Mm-hmm. Um, that's smooth with no, like running has like that, that pounding impact on your knees. Skinning doesn't. And then you have to take your skis off top, ski down and you try to do it as many times as you can. And it's the highest heart rate. It's the, it's the most suffer fest that you'll have. You try to do it, it as many times as you can, like within a set period of time. So basically like a schema race would set up is, um, it's an hour, like typically they give you an hour and it's, it's usually like 800 feet vert and they say, how many laps can you do? But then there's a cutoff. So you have to be through the gate by say 45 minutes. So you have to get up how many times you can get up and be back down through the gate to go one more round. If you miss that cutoff, you're automatically cut off. Mm-hmm. So Sorry. for what it is, and it is a downright suffer fest. I mean, it is the athletes, like there's some, some folks and Stowe that are, you know, they're on the uh, Tour de France um, and they do this and they're like, Tour de France, don't get me wrong, they're suffering there, but they're like, this hour long intensity is just, is, is, it's harder than anything else that you can do. So it's an incredible workout. So now it's funny because you show up there on a, on like a Friday or Saturday in decent conditions and it's powder. There's 300 people in the parking lot in the morning really? from all over Chittenden County. I didn't know that was, it was, it is popular. so, it's so popular. And now there's uphill routes in Jay peak. There's uphill routes in Bolton. They have a whole backcountry program. Now it's, it's a really mm-hmm. massive, uh, thing. Think about it is like you get an amazing workout and then you get to ski down. Cause you know, what the problem with hiking is walking down. I mean, who likes to walk down from hiking? I don't know. Or hiking I mean, all down? of it sounds pretty terrible to me, but well, this and so that usually goes. So that's anywhere, and then like my longer on the weekends or on Fridays, I'll I'll do like like on Saturday of last week, I did a 19 mile tour on my skins. It took me seven hours, um, and I went from mountain to mountain through the back country. Had maps, kind of went there, went through that, and 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 did a bunch of different mountain tours. Or like this morning, for instance, like I there's a segment people are familiar with exercise that's what's called Strava. And so there's a segment on Strava. That's like the super bowl of our area for skiing, sk- skimming, skimming, <laughs> schemo, like the, oh, like schemo. basically racing up a mountain. Yeah. And there's a, it's called nosedive, the, the, the nosedive segment. And it's like the, it's like the super bowl of like, who's going to take the king of the mountain for that. Um, and this morning it was negative four and it was cold and really crisp. It was like great PR conditions. Cause you can slide faster. So actually two people, I went one, I, I went sent for a PR and another guy did too, as well, who took king of mountain, which was a, which is, which is incredible feat. But I, uh, I ended up coming in 14th, um, out of, and this is open for the last eight, eight years, right? So anybody who's ever competed in that segment for eight years automatically gets entered 
like you just your time gets entered into is it. Is it uh, the for, this is what I didn't understand the eight years on that one route in Stowe or is yep. it like everywhere? Yeah, no, it's oh. they have segments everywhere. So, oh, okay. But like the so like on that segment, there's also like five other segments, but the big segment is like the nosedive PR. Got it. Okay. And so that's like that would be like the whole race, right? Yeah. And it's just anybody who's done it over the last eight years automatically qualifies for a place. You may be in 200th or 15,000th, but like anybody who's ever gone up there that's Got on it. Strava gets automatically registered for it. So of course, you know, everyone that's fast tries to compete for it. And we went today and I ended up getting 14th. I actually missed, uh, I got 30 minutes, five seconds and I missed being sub 30, which is a big thing by five seconds. Oh, but the, and I saw the time I, I knew it was fast. I wasn't sure exactly what it was when I got down in my car you and I couldn't have pushed a little harder. <laughs> you know, honestly, like I, I don't know if I could have, Yeah. like yeah. I was, I, you know, it's so when you're not in the exercise, it sounds very easy to just basically be like, Oh, you could push five seconds. It's kind of like watching boxing or fighting yeah. on TV. you are like, why are these guys so tired? Right. Yeah. Like yeah. until you're actually in it. But right, like, right. I don't, uh, you know, I slipped twice. Cause that's part of the whole thing. I don't mean like slipped. I just, it just took my momentum away mm -hmm. just for a second. It probably cost me five seconds between the two Yeah. because you know, when you're going all out and then you just, you slip for a second, you have to restart your momentum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's all part of it too, right? It's all part it's of cool. the part of the whole thing. And, but I'll, I'll, I'll get sub 30 this year. Um, are you, well, I mean, obviously I'm not saying that that's not enough of a workout, but I'm like, are you, are you biking at all? Are you doing anything? Are anything I'm not doing any indoor biking at yeah, all. Cause you're really that, focusing that, on yeah, that, that, right, now. that right there. I do like to use the tunnel. Um, oh, yeah. for, I like to use that like, tw like twice a week for like muscle development. Like it's more like hit training, yeah. but honestly, over the last couple of weeks, it's been, I've been doing like a lot of skiing in the morning. And so like, I just haven't had, haven't allocated time towards that, nor do I care that much however when we start to transition out of that um as spring starts to come in there mm -hmm. and i I'll, I'll transition to biking and running yeah and i'll actually add two days of like hit workout in there for like a for probably like seven months yeah um, that's that kind of the sense. transition but it's also fun because i like the variety of it yeah. like towards the end of the skiing season i'm kind of ready to be done and ready to get on my gravel bike and then ready to run a little bit i enjoy running um i'm not gonna probably run race anymore but i enjoy the the running and the freedom of it it's simple it's easy mm -hmm. uh, and we have a lot of hills where we are everything's elevation and stuff so it's you get a lot of that so cool. what are you doing hallie uh, well, not a whole lot, although I did work out already th once this week. Yes. I'm hoping to get five workouts in. My plan is to get five workouts in. I hate anything endurance related, at least right now. Mm -hmm. I much prefer doing hit workouts, weights, like that's my jam. Um, so that's really what I'm doing. Awesome. I just do it at home in my home gym. Awesome. Yeah. So our podcast for today. Yeah. So, um, as I was not working out this morning, <laughs> I was looking through some of our um, having some conversations with our, some of our Project U people this morning. And uh, one of the participants asked this really interesting question, and I'm not sure if he heard it somewhere else or if it was his own, but he said, what expectations are holding you back from experiencing life? And I just thought that was a really powerful question, and it sparked a lot of conversation. Um, and, of course, for me personally, lots of, I mean, it was like, it's a deep question. Mm -hmm. And um, I just wanted to know what your thoughts were. And well, what do you think? Well, when you, th when you think about that, what are your thoughts? My thoughts are, of course, about the expectation piece primarily, um, about, you know, expectations are the cause of suffering. And some of, like, for some of the examples were some people have certain expectations around how they're supposed to show up as parents, mm -hmm. um, which do prevent them from experiencing life in a, maybe in a more authentic way. Um, some people had expectations around how they show up as a leader or how they show up and interact with others. 
um, expectations around how they're supposed to look. Expect I mean, there's you you name it. There's an yeah, expectation yeah. around yeah. it, and it's just very individual. Um, but what connected it for me, and that I thought was different, was that it's not just that the expectations cause suffering because we've talked about that before, but it's that the expectations are are preventing us from experiencing. It's not just that they're causing suffering to me that it's like going backward, yeah. but it's actually like the expectations are preventing us from actually moving forward and living this, this more full life. Yeah. So, um, it's a wonderful question. I love the insight there. The, the reality is, is when we talk about like you're blocking yourself, I mean, this is just another way of saying it, right? Mm-hmm. Your expectations are actually blocking you from actually seeing reality. There is one of the original Maharshis, there's, there's a few of them that are out there, but he was, he, one day he was, there's a story that goes, um, he was at a table one day and he started laughing hysterically and he was underneath the table, like laughing. And then like, he came back up out of this thing and they, like his disciples were around him and said like, you don't care what anybody else thinks about you around here. And he said, uh, he said two things, but the, I was only concentrating on one. He said, the only, he said, a long time ago, I realized the only thing that I could ever lose from another man or woman, but he just used the word man, um, was respect. So basically his entire thing was, is like, I don't need any respect from anybody because the only thing you can do is lose it. And I think that kind of goes a little bit with this conversation is that if you have expectations, the only thing you can do is not meet them. And so one of the most important things that, you know, you, you can do in your life is you don't put any expectations on you. Goals are different, right? Mm -hmm, I mean, expectations of who you need to be, because when you put expectations on you, you're now striving to be somebody. And that's the part people get stuck in. So now you're in a strive mode. Again, we'll, we'll come back to goals because people hear that they go, well, what am I supposed to do is hang around? No, you're supposed to be guided by something that's different than your expectations. And so when expectations are within you, everything you do, every action you do, the vacations you take, the clothes you wear, how you show up, all those different things are all based on a set of expectations that you have or how you see yourself, right? That's the other way of kind of seeing it, right? As your identity that you've created, i.e. the ego has an expectation for how you need to live in order for it to maintain. Therefore, your actions unconsciously for most people are just dictated by this need to stay consistent with who they expect themselves to be and or their identity or whatever um, kind of expectation that they would have for how they show up. Because really what you're saying in that mode, if you're saying, I have an expectation for how I need to be as a father, right? What you're really saying is I have a belief or I have a concept of how I need to show up. Therefore, you're listening to the concept or you're paying attention to the mind generated mirage that's created about how you think you need to show up instead of actually truly interacting with life, which then that actually holds you back from actually truly experiencing life itself. You look like you have a question. Yeah, well, not necessarily a question, but like, I mean, I think expectations and goals are, are very different and we can they are. go into the, de- but even just the way you're explaining expectations, like goal doesn't even come up no. in, in that conversation yeah. at all. It's about. Well, I just don't want people to hear that and think like, oh, I can't have goals. No, goals no. are fun. They're just something you do along yeah. the way. Expectation is like that way of being your identity, how you feel like you should show up, but also other people's expectations of you can yes. help you, can keep you from experiencing life. And your expectations of others. It's not just your expectations of yourself. 100%. It's your expectations of how others are supposed to be and how they're supposed to respond. And Take the easy one, right? Like just walk down the street and how many expectations or judgments do you have of how people dress? 
and it's the funniest thing because I'm like, well, expectations and judgments. Well, are yeah, they different. are. But I'm just it kind of, they they go they can put them almost in the same bus. They're I understand close. they're, they're different. Close. Yeah. But part of that is is because well, the judgment also can be almost born though, or or a sister of expectations because you have an expectation for how people should look, right? And that's kind of what a judgment forms from. Right. Is this this and we don't have to get yeah, into yeah. semantics I, I about get it, what you're saying. but yeah. really like just walk down the street and see like how your expectations for the weather, how your expectations are for. And again, now we're, we're, we're generalizing this a little bit. They also are like you can also categorize them as needs. Right. You need mm-hmm. to be a certain way. Right. Again, that's the whole the cause of all suffering is desire slash need. Right. A preference and expectation for how you whatever word mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. And I think in the difference in expectation is that you can have that because other people can expect you. So it can actually have a different meaning to it because other people have an expectation of how you need to be. But you could also say other people have a need for you. So therefore you feel the need to show up on the way they are instead of just in either one of these cases. What you're doing is you're living a, a you're you're reading the menu thinking it's the meal it's like a false it's a life. It, well it is a false life yeah. and that's how most people are living and the reason why it's holding what you're what people are really saying it's holding back is because it is it's there's you that wants to go experience life but you're holding it back because you go ooh, like what are, what are they going to say well how are they how are they going to interact with that what, what would somebody think if i did it that way mm-hmm. what would it what would it look like and there's just there becomes this 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 posturing that you do inside that says, well, I can hold on to this. This is fine. I can relatively get it. Okay. Instead of for, instead of just really use the word surrender, right. Or acceptance to the reality of the situation. And you find yourself dealing with the situation at hand in, in any way that's possible. You find yourself just wearing whatever clothes you are. And I'm not saying you can't dress up for things, right? It's not about not playing with life. This is the, I, we always want to bring this into our podcast because it's not about renunciation. And I, I love to use different examples of people they would think is spiritual. Like Eckhart Tolle drinks coffee from Starbucks every morning. He likes to have a glass of wine or two every day. There's, if you study the spiritual masters of time, a lot of them were alcoholics or smoked cigarettes. They had idiosyncrasies of the human experience, which mm-hmm. you're going to. But remember, think, if you think about it, it's like your car has different challenges and they're different colors. Some of them work a little bit longer. Some of them have their own, like some of them, you know, click when you drive down the road, right? It's the same thing as the human body, right? You're not in control of your body. I get it. You can move your arms, but you don't make your heart beat. You don't make the trillions of cells in your body, you know, replicate, reproduce, or your white blood cells go in and attack a virus. That just happens without even you knowing it. So you're not in control of any of your physiological part of your body, right? But yet you're in there the same way you're experiencing it. Like you have, and you have, this is like an ability to kind of, this is like your, your body again, is that ability to experience the senses in, in the vibrations of life and the vibrations of life are all different. A rabbit feels different than a golden retriever, right? A hawk has a different vibration than a cow, right? And they, by the way, then they have their own natures because of their vibrations. A hawk eats meat, a cow eats grass, Right or wrong, who cares, right? Sure, if you want to get in that argument, that's a different conversation. But the reality is everyone has their own nature because of their own code for what it is. So when people are saying these expectations, it would literally be like a cow saying, I have this expectation that I need to eat meat because like, it's probably not, I should probably add something to my diet. They're not doing it. They just, they start living naturally. And a cow doesn't wake up and go, who, I wonder if I should actually eat this grass. They just find themselves eating grass. And I'm not saying we can't abstractly think through and use our minds to, to create a better physical experience. Cause that's all part of it. And you should, right? Animals don't have egos though. <laughs> 
Uh, well, it's funny. I listened to this podcast the other day. Um, That's a different layer of complexity that we have to navigate than just saying just be Well, sentient health. beings have the ability to abstractly and use their feelings and emotions to guide. But one would argue that they've actually, science is now proving that dogs and other animals, even like crickets, I think it was the other animal, um, actually have way more sentient capabilities than we have ever given them credit for. Even dolphins, like they, again, they have feelings. They can. I don't know if it's the same. Time. I'm not an animal, so I don't know. But it's yeah. it's their 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 science is actually proving now that they have more. That's why the whole conversation was the morality of like life if, right. is, is life yeah. the same as like you going over cricket or are you hitting a dog or are you hitting a person and killing all three of them, which one's going to have a higher realm. And the whole argument was that, well, we've as a society leveled up animals and humans. Um, and I'm not taking a position here. I'm just say, stating a fact here mm-hmm. of saying like, well, we believe that humans have a higher expectation and we are, we are dominant species. Therefore it's automatically higher. But we also like have elevated dogs for different levels. I'm not going to get, it was a really interesting podcast about the science behind it because there are, there's elements of like these animals actually having feelings. Right. And I don't think it's the same way you and I have that or to the degree that we are, I don't but think, it may be stronger for what it is. I agree that they definitely have feelings. I'm just saying they don't, maybe I'm using the wrong word, but I'm just think, saying like they maybe don't, they don't have the same ability to think about like what they're going to eat. Like it's just. They're not like, hmm, I think today I'm totally, gonna- they're much more instinctual. I don't yeah, I agree a hundred percent with that. They are more, much more instinctual on that. Um, anyways, know, we're, like, we're getting, we're getting, getting way off topic. Off topic. But, but going back to that though, like the reason why expectations hold you back is because you're, you're living a, a, a life that's not really truly in harmony with life. I'm not going to say it's your true nature because that's, I don't want to confuse anybody there. It just means that you're living a false sense of life. And that's the duality that enters in when people are living that way. You're living a duality. When people say you're living a dual life, you're living the concepts and abstracts and expectations and judgments and needs that you've created based on your experiences. So whatever you want to shape that in, they all go into the bucket of living this false sense, but yet you're using this false sense to interact with reality and you're using that as a governor or as a, as a lens on how you see whole, the whole world. So you're going to see whatever you want to see. This is why beliefs are are so interesting, right? Because how many times have you had a belief change, right? I know I have had thousands of them, right? From when I was three to where I am today, even in the last probably year, I've had beliefs. I'm not saying massive ones change, but I definitely, I read something new. I open my mind. I'm willing to be wrong and I change my beliefs. So beliefs are fine. You can have them, but just understand what they are. They're just a belief. Yeah. They are not, you are not your beliefs. No, not even close. Yes. And you're not your expectations. Yeah. And once you, once you surrender to that, what right? about val- like, where does values fit into all of that? Cause a lot of people say, like, these are my core values, but I mean, I suppose even values can change. I mean, if they're probably less likely to change if they're like a core value, but look, there's nothing wrong with having values or character or, ju- or like those things that beliefs. you want to, and, and beliefs to live up to. That's wonderful, but they're not you. Right. That's the only difference. Again, it's the same thing of like going on a vacation. The vacation's not you, right? You are you are interacting in this world with a set of values or beliefs that you have. Wonderful. We're all going to have those. There's nothing wrong with that, right? And you and you strive them and you change them and those are going to happen over time. But you always have to understand that those are made. Those are created by who? You. 
right? You, you're the one right, that's but, in there. Yeah, but yeah, but if they are created by you, then aren't they you? No, they're created by you using the ego or the mind as a construct, which is why animals don't have it because they don't have that ability necessarily to create the think, that. The thinking mind or whatever They don't have the, it. yeah, the center or the abstract part of it to be able to separate the two and create an ego or a psyche. It's really what the psyche does call it is a better way of saying it is you're not creating this self-identity as a psyche that you then that is your beliefs values character are all based on your psyche which again is not wrong with that because that helps actually morale it helps you interact with people it's not so if you wrong. create something that means it's not you exactly because you remember your your pure awareness mm. consciousness god spirit I, whatever word it's it was so irrelevant to me whatever word people use it doesn't matter mm. um it doesn't matter what words you use that's you but they you are the consciousness where these things arise in expectations beliefs concepts tools vacations that's all they're all objects of consciousness but the, in order for there to be an object of consciousness there has to be a lower field that's always aware that's aware of their aware of consciousness which is just basically equals consciousness which is just you that's who you are. That's why you're aware of your emotions. That's why you can be aware of your expectations. That's why you can be aware of your needs or desires or any of those things because you're not any of those things. The reason why it's so hard to understand who you are is because you're it. It's, it's, and that's why people struggle so much with it, trying to understand who they actually are because you can't find it in the objects of consciousness or the created thoughts of consciousness or beliefs or striving to find a belief in that. That's why you can never find yourself there. So it's like, once you call off the search, you fall back into yourself and then you realize there has been this duality that I've created in the whole factor of you surrendering to that. You fall back into the singularity of life. Then you're part of everything. But that's why people can't find themselves. And that's where expectations come into play. Because it's just another coping mechanism to go, well, maybe I should change my expectations. Fine. Play. It's, it's, go ahead. You can have different expectations for people, right? You can have expectations or accountability with business and work and expectations for how a babysitter shows up, right? Like, you, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no, those are things that you do while you're here. They're just not you. The minute you put yourself as them, they will always hold you back. And that's what people do. You have to bifurcate the two. There's you who's aware that you have a value judgment or that you have rituals that you have in your life or that you like certain foods. You're aware of all that, but none of that is you. You're not your body, so therefore you can't be the food that consumed by it. It nourishes you and it gives you energy, which is what everything is anyways. These are all objects of consciousness. If you are the underlying field, right, whatever that is, the part of the source, consciousness, spirit that's there, everything else in there, whatever you want to label it or call it as, is not you. Make sense? Mm -hmm. What are you thinking? Well. <laughs> A lot. Uh, kind of. I mean, I always, you know, I always like to have like concrete examples as much as possible. So... Um, cause I'm following you so far, but then I want to go back and say, okay, well give me an example. If you have one of a current expectation that you have, that is holding, is holding you back. Or maybe if you don't have any, can you give us an example of maybe in the past an expectation? Well, those are, e those are easy. I mean, back? everyone kind of probably knows expectations. You're like it's simple ones. Like, okay, I need to dress a certain way as a CEO, right? I don't know if it's holding you back or not, but that's just like, if it's, it's, I have this expectation of how I dress. 
Okay. Or I have an expectation of what time I get in the office or I have an expectation that you do those things. They're not wrong with any of them. Yeah. But are they like, I don't know. You're right. Those are good examples. And I just think those are, I want like a deeper example. <laughs> the, the, the thing is what you're looking for the example of are is they really there, holding you back. I there are know. no examples. It could be because Maybe. if it's not really you, then you're putting on a fake thing. And then I would ask those like, then you're trying to protect that. So then you go out and you get money to buy things that you don't want. You put energy on things you don't even want to do, whatever that is. Maybe a different way of asking the question to get to the answer that I want you to give me <laughs> is, um, are you currently help being held back? And do you feel like you're being held back in any way in your life right now? And if so, is there some sort of expectation that's attached to that that you need to let go of? I don't know if I have any expectations that are holding me back. No. I, I think flip the question. Yeah. Or do you feel like you're being held back in any way right now? I think the only thing that's holding me back right now is the stuff that still hasn't come up. What do you mean? Which is like some scars, right? This, the things, those aren't really expectations. They're just things that I still need to get rid of that are yeah. damning me up. The, what I was going to say is I think we don't want to confuse responsibility um, and expectations for things we do in the physical world. Um, I think we, you should, you want to qualify that question. Is there expectations of holding you back in the physical things that you're doing? Right. Like I could, as an example, I could say, well, if you want to train for Olympics, then sure. My job would hold me back. Right. But that's not really an expectation of me that I want to do that because I have other responsibilities. But yes, those could be something that would that would hold me back because I have other responsibilities. I also have three kids that I have a responsibility to. And I love having that responsibility and that role that I'm playing right now. Right. Are they holding me back in other areas? Probably. Right. But that's a, that's a conscious choice to totally. Yeah. So and in theory, I would argue that they're not actually holding you back. No, that's what that's what I'm saying. The, but you can only be I think you can only be held back of, I think. By things that are un, that you're unaware that, of. Well, no, if it's something that you if that you want to do, like you again, I could say, oh yeah, I'm being held back by being an Olympic gymnast. Yeah, but am I really? Yeah, no, because I don't even want that. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, I think I think the the deeper question of people, you what they're asking for there, it's not really expectations playing in the world. It's their what's holding me back from realizing who I am. That's really the question people want to know: is who are who am I? That's the th fundamental truth question, right? Who am I? And you're never going to find that in objects of consciousness. You're never going to find it in a concept. It can only be experienced. Just like, again, like if somebody asked you what an orange tastes like and you've never tasted an orange, how do you describe it? It's orangey. It's got juice. It's got some citric. What does that even mean? <laughs> right? Like it's almost impossible to describe. You can point towards it. But the only way you really know what an orange tastes like is you experience it. The only way you, anybody will ever know who they are is to experience who they are. And that cannot be a word. That cannot be a concept that cannot. I was literally going to just say, well, then how do you do that? <laughs> exactly. Well, you, you surrender. Have you have to let go. <laughs> yeah. That's a, you have to, you have to pull, you have to actually stop but striving. You have to let go of those expectations that we've been talking about. Well, you have to, you have to, you have to let go of thinking that you are outside. <laughs> You have to stop thinking that you are emotions. You have to stop thinking that you are your mind. You have to stop thinking that you are your body. Those are all things that you're aware of. The minute you can stop thinking about all those things, the minute you actually start to realize who you are. But how do you stop thinking about them? You stop paying attention to them. How do you stop smoking cigarettes? Well, I don't know. I've never smoked cigarettes. Well, how do you stop eating food that you don't want to eat? I mean, I guess you... Uh, yeah. You use willpower. Say, right. As you say, have willpower like in there yeah. to make choices. Correct. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. 100%. It is harder than anything you'll ever, ever do in your life. Being an Olympic 
great, easy compared to this. Nobody wants to do this work and nobody will talk to you that way. It's because it's so, it's so difficult to get outside of our current frame of thinking. Um, I don't know if you ever think this, but one thing, cause I, I've gotten, you know, I'm, I'm with you and I'm like, yeah. like, I want to do what you're saying and want to let go and all of these things. But So let me just pause you right there. Yeah. When you want to let go, the reason why you can't mm-hmm. is because you are holding yourself back. Yeah. Oh, I completely that, So agree. that could be, that's the, your expectation. You are literally, remember use that analogy. It's like when you finally go and realize that like you, you, you want to let go and you go down with your right hand to grab the rock that's holding you, you realize it's your left hand holding onto the rock. There is no rock actually holding you. you, are, you what, what people are really saying is I'm afraid Yes. to let go yes. and fall back into myself. Because when you do, you essentially abolish the psyche. I, yeah. And I don't know if this resonates with you at all. That's, or... that's the whole concept of die before you die to be reborn. Die, die, die daily. That's yeah. exactly what that is. I'm not afraid of it. If I lived by myself in a world by myself, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like I'm afraid of it because if, um, your expectation for others on you? Yes. Of like, because not everyone is as evolved as like the conversations that we're having. And so sometimes when you're at project, you, you, you know how we, cause we all have these types of conversations and you feel like really no judgment from anybody yeah. at those, at those, because everyone is doing that work and they, they're not judging themselves or not judging other people. We've let go of a lot of expectations of each other and of ourselves in that environment. But I mean, that is a, that is a, small percentage of the world who feels that way. So to me, I think, sure, I'm, I could let go until I have to go interact with somebody. Why? And then I'm like, and because I, cause I'm afraid of what they would think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so then you have an expectation <laughs> for how others are going to view you. I want to just be free. But remember, understand this is why it's so hard. Cause you have to actually yeah. let go of that in order to actually get past it. You have to let go. And I don't know if that's the expectation, whatever we want to call it, but like I feel like that's personally what's holding me back a lot in life. Yes. Is Holds everybody back. I just want to be that free, surrendered person. No, you don't. Because if you did, you would do it. <laughs> I, uh, yes, I don't want it badly enough. That That's true. Because well, I'm not, not, badly I'm not enough. willing to take the consequences, which is other people's judgment. Yes, there you go. Yeah. What will you, will you wake up and not yet you just keep letting go and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And then you yeah. can just really, Whether let or not go. they actually will judge me. I yes. don't know. I just assume they well, will. There's a lot of people that have reached these high states and they've become very, very amazing human beings on this earth. And there's also people that are really high that you are so ordinary that you never even realize it because they don't ever need to tell anybody. There, there's only certain teachers, spiritual teachers that have reached call it enlightenment. And it's really reserved for some high, high beings that word there. Um, and yes, some of them have gone out there and, and taught, right? There's other ones that you and I have no idea who they are. They could be a, a teacher, right? But, sorry, could, I'm not following what ha- that had to do with what we were talking about. Well, because, <laughs> well, because of what I'm saying is like, when you actually let go, yeah. you actually fall into the ordinary of life. So I don't want to say ordinary, like you fall, there's no more judgment about what you're doing and you're just freely acting with life. And then you you actually get to interact with life and it becomes very ordinary, yet it becomes very freeing. 
That's why I started off this conversation by saying one of the guys, they, they, they said, don't you care about what people said? He goes, the only thing that I could ever lose is somebody's respect. So why would I want it? If they give it, they give it. It's not like he's denying it, but he's like, I'm not doing anything to get anybody's approval of me. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I always feel. But like, then the funny thing is yeah. when you, when you no longer want approval of anybody, you actually get approval of everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always feel like I don't really care what other people think. Like in a lot of ways I don't. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like you, you know that and you can, yes, you you can agree with that. I, I 100, and you've also gotten way better at it too. But then there are some ways where I yeah. care what people think so much that like, yeah. I like hide away from yes. the world in a lot of ways. Yeah. You still have work to do. That's the, that's, that's the work that you yeah. do. Yeah. The work that, the, that you always have work no matter what part. That's why when, when, you know, when, when people have reached this, this, when the Buddha or not the Buddha, um, drawing a blank on one of the guys when he reached like, and he basically was like, I was a drop falling into the ocean. And it was like, find me. And he came back into his body and his master gave him a broom and a bucket, oh, which is okay. a famous story and said, yeah. you're back to sweeping wood and carrots. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to say things. Chopping was, wood. Yeah, exactly. Chopping wood and carrying, carrying water. water. But yeah. there was another one that was a, that was a, I was actually had two stories in there. There's that one is the common phrase. That's why they, yeah. that's why they say that though, because oh, everyone's sure, been yeah. through all these conversations. And that's the, that's from Zen Buddhism, right? Yeah. Like that, chopping yeah. wood and carrying water. Because once you come back, you realize I'm still here. Yeah. I still like, I'm, I'm not going to go hide away. I'm still, I, I still have responsibility. I'm playing in the world. Yeah. Right. The, the other thing is, is that, um, there was another story. Um, and again, I've never, I was listened to him, but I, I hear this from people that are high individuals. What, and can you just say what that means? Cause high individuals, yeah. it means that they're, they've dropped their psyche and their ego. It means that they're, they're living the highest possible life that they can through all their energy that's inside them. Okay. Like the, the, when I say high, it's just, you know, when you say like, man, I feel so high right now and you feel not like high, like I marijuana high. high from my my energy drink. Yes. That's a different physical high. <laughs> yeah. But when you have the energy flowing oh, yeah. through you yeah. and you feel like, wow, I'm so, I feel so good. Like I feel so high. They have that going through them times like a hundred. Right. And it's just roaring inside them. So why would they care at all? What anybody cares about? This is what, this is the whole coming back to it is when you surrender and take this practice and you work on this, you start being fed from within so much that it wouldn't matter one iota what anybody else thinks. Because you don't need, right now, we're still dependent on the world outside to give us some juice. So as long as you're dependent on the world giving you juice, there's going to be some level of, I got to play the game right. The minute you can let go of playing the game right, you actually get all the juice that you want, and then you don't care, and then you're going to play in the game. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you actually, but now you're doing it from a completely different, different place. Do you feel like, maybe you're not like that high all the time, that hyper, but do you feel like you've done that? I mean... And the more you're saying it, I'm just like, God, I want to do that so much, but I, I know I'm holding myself back. But do you feel like you've like, kind of like let go in that way? Uh, I mean, every day I get the chance to let go. Yeah. I just wake up and I go, I'm either going to feel really high from life or I'm going to feel this wonderful opportunity to let go of when I don't. And that's literally how I take it. I can't say one way or another from moment to moment. I can mm -hmm. be glued or unstuck. I could. Um, but every moment gives me the opportunity to go, oh, I feel awesome or huh, I got work to do and I let it go. Mm. That's it. It's just literally what I take it from there. And then whatever I get to do, I get to do. And, and, and again, it's, this has nothing to do. You can do all of this with kids. You can do all of this without kids. You can do all of this by building a business. You can do all of this by selling real Absolutely, estate, yeah. by being a bus driver. You can, it doesn't matter. 
Yeah. It's why I always try to get this out to people. It has nothing to do with what you're doing what out you there. Do. No, I, yeah, you can do, so much this fun. is the work that you're doing and it's just, just here in Disneyland watching this experience happen and there's going to be experiences happening. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I think it's so funny when you always use the Disneyland analogy because I totally know what you mean. And yet at the same time, Disneyland sounds like my hell. So I'm like, <laughs> I don't I know just about mean that. The way, the way I always say Disneyland, because I, I literally like, I think of like if a child in the Disneyland, they're like, it was the best thing ever. And I go, well, why did you like Disneyland? They go, yeah. because I got to experience this whole thing. Yeah. I always just think of life like this great Disneyland it's that like we playground. playground that we just yeah. wake up and you're going, man, I got this crazy thing. So there's going to be seasons of your life where you're young yeah. and you're super healthy. And there's gonna be seasons of your life where you start getting gray hair and getting older and you get you know, your muscle you don't recover as much and it's just, just life mm -hmm. and just, it's there just so to kind of put a bow on this, it's just, it all comes back to the same thing. If you are unwilling to like, and it's not like you go, this is what I don't want people to do. You don't go out there and go, I don't care what Hallie thinks. That's, that's actually the wrong energy. Yeah. Cause that's all that is, is you're pushing against it. So you can't do that. That's renunciation. That'd be the same thing of going like, I went after money all my life. Now I hate money. That's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Or it's like if you're, if you are really, uh, you know, if you're really excited about a cause and you get all anxious about it and get so fired up and go, how could they drive that car out there? I can't believe they're polluting there. It's the same energy. It's the same thing they're doing. So it doesn't mean you can't tackle those things. It doesn't mean you can't be an activist. It doesn't mean that you can't be a business owner. It doesn't mean any of those things. It just means you stop using the energy inside you as a way or, 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 or what you're blocked inside as a way of releasing that you just release it first inside and then deal with it. Mm -hmm. And again, always come back. How do I raise the moment up? And if I can't raise the moment up, cause there's going to be spot times that you can't, right. It's gonna be moments where you're like, I just don't feel like I can raise this moment up, let go, let go of the party that's preventing you from raising the moment up. And you can never go wrong in your life from, from there on out. That's how you play checkmate with life. That's it. It's that simple. You're never going to get perfect. You were, you're a human being. You have these idiosyncrasies. Every master has had idiosyncrasies. That's the funny thing. It's like, you know, it's almost like I learned that in business where when I first started getting in the business, I thought people that made $500,000 or I remember doing this first underwriting of a guy I made like 160 grand. And I was like, man, he must be like some God. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you must seriously, right. Yeah, like he must yeah. be early in my career. I thought people that made a lot of money were somehow they had some special sauce or something was amazing about them. And you realize they're nothing special at all. And then you get, then, then it just elevates. Now you, I'm, you know, I, I'm frequently around billionaires and like, they mean nothing to me that way, but they're really cool of what they've done. But then you realize like, man, they're just like you and I anyways, They are. Yeah. they're just like you and I. And then you realize the same thing. Right. Even in, in other states, you know, it's just it's it's you, you think like these spiritual masters are some, you know, like they have some special gift. No, they're masters because they mastered this. Tiger Woods is a master golfer because he spent so much time and energy playing golf. All these guys did or girls did. Right. Literally just went out there and let became masters of letting go of what was blocking them to become free, which everybody has availability to do. If you've taken human form, you can do it. That's it. That's, that's why they call them masters or right, enlightened beings. Again, yes, maybe some of them came here with a little bit more ambition to do that, but everyone that takes human form can always do that. That's the thing. You always can. It's just, you have to master that. And that's why when we talk about like when I, when you put your aim in life, 
That's my aim. It has everything to do with that. And everything else becomes secondary, including my kids, by the way, including everything, like everything becomes secondary nature to me letting go. Because when you let go or you're experiencing that or experiencing life for self, it, things happen easier parking spots open up. I'm not saying it's like, I'm not saying positive affirmations, just things open up. And so that's why if you always start with that, you can, you're living the highest life that you can. Hey everybody, before you go, Helen and I wanted to ask you for a favor. As business owners, you understand that reviews and testimonials are an essential part of growing your business and reaching new audiences. Well, from two business owners to another, we would be incredibly grateful if you could support us by leaving a review. It does really help us get the podcast in the hands of other conscious business owners. So thank you.